0: Athletes know the time, dedication, and drive it takes to get their body proactively in game shape, but few put the same hours into proactively taking care of their mental health. This is episode 184 with Zach Donahue. Welcome to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today, Zach and I discuss how we can start proactively changing the mental health culture, starting primarily in youth sports. We dive into how Zach found a light in his life. When things often seem the darkest, how to ask for support, navigating changing friendship dynamics, and choosing sobriety in today's social culture. Before we get started, I want to offer you exclusive access to our latest challenge called Sober 60. It's a 60-day commitment to yourself through 10-minute daily experiences that help you better cope with stress, connect with those around you, and reduce your social anxiety. In Sober 60, you don't have to sacrifice your social life. We help you create life changing experiences for yourself in just 10 minutes a day. You're not alone in your journey to exploring a deeper commitment to yourself. And to celebrate that, as listeners to this podcast, when you use FAR15, that's F A R 15, you'll receive 15% off the community challenge. Head on over to forever athlete.com and check out how you can get started today. Now let's dive into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Forever Athlete Radio. I'm joined by. Zach Donahue today, man. One of my favorite people. I'm so grateful that you and I connected through a Zoom room unexpectedly, unintentionally, just friend of a friend. I happened to be joining in on some, I don't even remember, some sort of meditation. And then you opened up and shared your story. And I just knew right away that you were someone that I wanted in my corner, wanted to connect with. And I'm grateful that it sounds like it was a shared sentiment on your end. But first and foremost, man, how are you? Like, how are you feeling summertime
1: up in Minnesota? I mean, I feel absolutely fantastic. I feel super aligned with what I want out of life and what I'm creating in my own life. And just putting all these pieces together. um, Like I lost myself so many different times getting to where I am today that I have nothing else to lose and everything to gain. So I'm just really diving deep into that and just creating a life that I want and community that I want and the people, the support system, the corner, and that I can look back and I know who I got with me and I'm walking through and I'm on this path of big change and big growth. It feels really good. And then super nice weather. So I'm, in, I'm enjoying the summer until the snow comes back in like two months.
0: Yeah. I was so mind blown when I texted you a few weeks ago, I was like, yeah, man, like I'll come up once it's like above 70. And you were like, Uh, it was like a hundred degrees. Yeah. Summer gets brutal real fast. shows me how little I actually know about Minnesota. Never actually been up there. Um, let's go deep, man, right off the bat, because you just kind of brought it out. Um, I'd be curious, what do you want out of life? Like, what is it that you're seeking and searching for at this season in life?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, everything for me comes back to community. Um, humans are social creatures, so we need community. We need support and I spent a lot of time Mm. trying to figure out what my community was and I put myself in places that wasn't me, but I convinced myself that because I had people around me that it was good enough
0: Mm.
1: when in a rally, I didn't have the right people around me. And so I've completely kind of almost like repositioned my friend group, repositioned the people I surround myself with to be able to like create this life. And then that, that creation of this life is, you know, I'm very open about mental health Mental well being and just like completely changing the conversation we have about mental health and well being for youth athletes. I think we started there, and then the change it can have in college athletics and the change it has in professional athletics and the change it just has in the world, the spaces that we provide ourselves in is I think that impact can just be big. And I'm starting that journey now, and I have a massive support system behind me of people who believe in me, who see that vision, who see that those dreams and goals, and just. Being able to put one foot in front of another and just like get there and keep moving and keep working towards it. It's, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time.
0: Yeah. I love how your brain is thinking of it as well. Like, honestly, the sooner, like I'm a big component too, with the, the concept of forever athlete, the concept of this holistic multidimensional human beingness that we all are um, the earlier that we can plant those seeds in that process of identity formation. I think the better off we have as a chance to like create some sort of systematic change in this environment that we've seen, you know, it's worked well in some regards, but has also failed in other regards um, as well. You had mentioned there a little bit as well, that process of kind of shifting your environments and at one point, maybe just confusing people around you with not being the right people for you what was that process like for you? How did you start? Was it like a sudden aha moment or was it a slow progression of, oh, man, I started to notice certain behaviors? Walk me through kind of what that transition was for you. Yeah. So I
1: think it, it wasn't a like right away, like comes on, oh, I got to make this change. It was like a, it was a very slow and gradual transition of this, like where I was in life and where I wanted to go. I went to law school after college, which... I can say so many different things about law school, but end of the day, law school was a good thing for me, even though I see myself long-term, never practicing, never kind of being involved in that field. It, it created, you know, it allowed me to be into where I am today. But one of those things that it allowed is I was around my friends and, you know, they wanted to, you know, go out on Friday night, go out on Saturday night, just kind of this like relax and like take the edge off of law school because law school is difficult. It's hard. It's stressful. It's, It's all those things. But additionally, what I realized though, is when I would go out with them, I wasn't having the conversations I wanted to have. I wasn't having the connections with people I wanted to have. I confuse being around people with connection. So I, I, you know, I want deep, meaningful connections. I want to dive deep into things. I want to talk about whatever it may be, the things that make us tick, but whatever lights your soul on fire. And I was having conversations about I don't know, however the twins were doing that year, which is, you know, I can have the conversation on how the twins are doing, but like, I want, I want a deeper conversation. I want to, I want to go dive in. I want to like have people tell me a story. I want to learn something from them. And then just like through law school, understanding that like that wasn't always there. So I kind of, after my first year of law school, I distanced myself from a lot of people from law school and I found fitness again, which was great for me. I was an athlete, um, high school, college, played rugby at a high level. Then I injured my shoulder, lost a lot of my identity, but finding a space, a community, a gym where I could kind of just like be myself again, be fully like energetic and positive and like upbeat. I found a gym that allowed me to do that. Mm-hmm. I noticed that like, I wasn't getting that with some of my law school friendships. So I needed to change and shift them. So I moved from one friend group kind of to another friend group that allowed me to explore that a little bit more like, okay, cool. This is moving. This is progress. It was It was more time spending in people's apartments, playing board games, less time out of the bars. So I was taking a step back with my own drinking, things like that. And it felt really good. I was moving in the direction I wanted to go and then COVID came. And that was really tough. March, 2020, I was two months away from graduation. I was like feeling pretty confident about like where I wanted to go with whatever I ended up doing legally. Mm. I've now made the decision like, no, that's not me. Um, But just understanding that, I was alone. And so then I began seeking the things that I did before that I, that I was able to remove myself from. It was, you know, zoom happy hours. It was disconnection, just like all this other stuff. And like, I still had my gym community, but I wasn't seeing them in person, which means I had the conversations I was having with them didn't exist anymore. So I felt empty. I felt that space gone away. It was just pulled in a million different directions. I was just like, how do I create this life of what I want to do? And then that summer, that 2020 summer studying for the bar exam, I had a panic attack. I just put all this pressure on myself. I tried to reach out to people for support and I was like, I don't think you should be reaching out for me for this. And it's like, okay, cool. This connection I thought I had, isn't what it was. I got to reevaluate everything. Um, Took the bar exam end of July and then went out with friends. We went to like celebrate, grab a drink. I remember like sitting down having, having that beer with them, I looked around and like, I'm having this conversation, but this conversation could be so much more mm. if this thing in front of me didn't exist. I was like, I'm done. I looked at, I looked at that. And I was like, I with half finished beer. I was like, I'm done. I can show you the bench I was at. I can tell you probably what the way that the sun was setting. Like I looked at that. I was like, I'm done. Like I finished my drink. and I, I really felt like small in that moment. I was like, mm. I can't, do this anymore I, I am meant for something greater I, I went through this whole summer of just isolation and loneliness of COVID and this whole experience of law school of like trying to find like where I fit in I wasn't the best you know law student and I was I struggled academically and seeking support and like having friends who were able to support me and see me like where I fit in in the legal community and like lots of competition it was just like all of that, like in one moment, this like flash before my eyes, it's like, I want more. Like, I want the connections I had when I was at the gym on a daily basis before COVID. I want those real connections. I want people to, to see me for this full expression of humanity. You talked about like the forever athlete, this holistic version, this, this bigger piece. So I made that decision right there. I'm, I'm done drinking. I can't do this anymore. I, I know what happens in my brain. I'm, I'm done. And then I said that right there. And then two days later I was out with friends celebrating again, we had mimosas at brunch. And then I was like, again, I felt in that moment, it was like, my brain is broken. Mm. When I am doing this, my brain, it breaks. I can't be the person I want to be. I can't have the connections I want to have if I'm doing this. I'm done. So that was August 1st. We got brunch. I went home. I took a nap. I woke up. I felt terrible. I went into my fridge, I looked in my fridge, and there was all this like random assortment of beer and wine. And I just poured it down the drain. I was like, I'm done. I don't know what to do next, but I'm done. Um, luckily, I have the greatest support system in the world. I've created that. My friend Alex is now almost seven years sober, and she's been this, uh, she was a huge supporter of mine, like my early sobriety, like those first four months, as I kind of like repositioned like the people around me and the connections I wanted and what I sought. And then I saw that change. And then I began going forward. I'm like, okay, cool. There's these other things inside me. Um, passion for mental health, well-being, providing that light for people, just talking about these things, giving people like fitness as a tool to understand and grow as an individual and to challenge yourself. All of that kind of coming together. I am like, okay, cool. That's what I want to do. I have this legal degree. It helped me get here. The academic stuff is awesome. I'll talk about it all day long if people like give me an opportunity to. But that's not that's just the title. That's an external thing. There's internal things I want to be able to shine onto the world and that's what I'm going to be doing. So I completely shifted that. And I've been working since almost like this time last year to get that stuff going, get myself in a position where I can be like, this is me. This is what I'm going to do. And this is the impact I'm looking to have.
0: Yeah, man. I, I love it. You brought up a couple of good points there that I kind of want to dive deeper into the first being kind of this duality of, you know, the level of conversation that, that which excites you. And I think at some fault actually in the personal development community in particular, you often hear like small talk doesn't do it for me. I like will talk deep or not at all. And it's like, well, actually the healthiest relationships have a duality and a balance of both. Like there needs to be an ability to talk about how the twins are doing, but also talk about like, how you're actually doing mentally and all of that as well. What I think is really fascinating when you kind of look at alcohol as just the substance in general and how it's been introduced and really stayed into our society, it oftentimes is the perfect connector. You know what I mean? Like it is a great foot in the door. It's a common thing that most people partake in. And so it's a fantastic way to, Introduce that small talk. I think where the problem then becomes is when it just stays at that surface and it never actually allows for a deeper conversation to be had. So be curious, just to kind of hear your thoughts there on one, like, do you think it's possible? And this is gonna be an interesting one because it's two sober guys talking. Yeah. But like, do you think it's possible to still have alcohol be a part of the equation And have that duality, that balance between surface and deeper conversation.
1: I mean, I think I just know, like my experience when I would go with friends, we'd have those conversations and they would just be the surface level. And then eventually we'd get to somehow talking about like whatever we're doing in school. And it was just like, I mean, like that first year of law school was my first It was a disaster. I wasn't in a great place mentally. So it was just like this drain of this, like, I want not to just talk about this, like the day to day. And like what we're learning in school, I want to talk about like, who are these people that I'm surrounding myself with? What, what makes them tick? And we never got there. I mean, there were times like uh, in college, like I've gone on a couple of dates and it was just like, you know, we would get together, we'd get tacos and margarita and it's like have actual conversation. Like, yeah, there's a, like a margarita there. We're drinking alcohol, but it wasn't like a the thing that we came together for was not the beer. thing we came together for was because we wanted to get to know each other and have that deep conversation and then whenever i'd go out with my friends it was just like it was just to go off and just talk about whatever it was and like every scenario i was at with my my friends it it felt like it turned back into this idea of this like oh we're back to whatever torts negligence things going on that we're learning about. And I'm over here is like, I'm like, that's completely over my head. I'm like, I'm drowning. I can't even get uh, like above the water line right here to understand what you're talking about. Mm. And, the, and I never, like, I never filled my soul. I never filled my cup to be able to get to the point where I could actually like sit and like a floaty on top of the water and have that conversation. Cause I was so far under it. I was just so far, like so much chaos and just like, Misunderstanding it was like I'm I'm in a place and they they were all doing their thing and they didn't even know I was under the water. They're just just struggling and I, at the time too, was really bad at like expressing my feelings and emotions and like what I was going through and like you know my default answer to everything was like yeah it's going fine, because whenever I said that if things weren't fine and I would explain stuff, I, I get the pushback of like, well, someone has it worse. So maybe it's really not that big. Like it was this weird system. of just like, like backhanded, like, yeah, yeah it's like, like well, I, I see them? you. I recognize that, but it could be worse. So like, you know, just, just power through. I'm just like, I've been doing that for six months. Yeah. I don't know how to not do that. I'm underwater. I, I wish I could have just said I'm underwater. Yeah, like, can and like, someone just asked. give me like a life jacket to get above? Like that—that's all I wanted in the moment. It's like, can I just like go get a coffee and like tell me like the things like I want to like I wanted to have more, and I just never got it. And just it—it it took me until finding a gym that refound that spark of me as an athlete, as like me as a rugby player, like that intensity, but also like having a lot of fun like the combination of intensity and fun and being able to meet that back together. I was able to find myself a little bit again. i was like, okay, cool. Like after that law school got easier. It wasn't because law school was easier. It's because I found something that allowed myself to express myself. I think that's so important.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, I'm glad you brought up the rugby piece in your background as well, because I think some people might hear what you just said and it could be easily interpreted as well. Like, some line of thinking, and you and I probably get equally annoyed about this comment of like, well, like he's just like not mentally tough or not. Like I love when I post stuff now on TikTok around sobriety, and I'll get comments, people clapping back of like calling me a quitter. They'll they'll say that I don't have discipline. And I'm like, you know this as well as anyone. I mean, you probably know this better than me. You played a contact sport and not just a contact sport, a freaking contact sport without pads, where it's just one of the most brutal games, um, and exhilarating games in the, the same breath. Um, do you think that that kind of upbringing had any negative impacts on your kind of coping strategies? Because in a lot of ways, like you were, I mean, I can't speak to your experience. I'm just curious, but I can see, especially in contact sports. And I know sports in general often can breed this, like, well, the best athletes suffer in silence. They compartmentalize and they play through it to like achieve X goal. But then we get confused. At least I did. Like I confused when do I power through and when do I need to actually power down and like tap into
1: this and actually deal with it? Yeah, I never learned how to power down. It was always, I'm always on. Like I came in college playing and I remember like I was... You know, hailed as like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a team captain, team leader. And it was like week four of the season. And I'm a freshman, I'm 17 years old. And so there there's like, there's a spotlight on me. I've been playing for four years at the time, pretty good player coming out of high school. This spotlight came on me. And then with that spotlight became pressure. I remember this one practice second semester of my freshman year, we were running through these drills. I just couldn't, I could just couldn't do it. It was it was a me isolation kicking off to a corner drill. I just I was just not on that day, and every single time, coach was like do better, do better, do better. I'm just like every single and everyone's like Zach, do better. All my teammates on me. I'm just like I'm so much pressure, and I just like okay, cool. Let's like get through practice, get through practice. I got through practice. I went back to my room. Just like I just showered, took like a thirty minute shower and cried because like it was the only thing I knew how to do, mm. and I I didn't understand that. It's like hey, I need to. I wish I knew now, everything I knew now. I needed literally five minutes, a little bit of breath work, a little bit of calming, like ground my cleats back into the ground, focus back on a moment. I could come back in, do the drill fine, everything be okay. Be able to reset myself out of that system. I wish I knew that then. Um, now it's just like, I didn't. So like, I never learned that. I was told when I was 12 to be stoic, but like, What are your thoughts on stoicism real quick? I think the the big definition that gets pushed, I think is wrong Mm -hmm. about like, don't show your emotions. I'm just like, yeah, but yet we're, we're," you say that, but then we're celebrating the guy who gets like super amped up and is tough. And it's like, Hey, he's probably actually really frustrated right now. And he's angry. And he's using that as like a catalyst to do these things. He takes a dumb penalty, something of the like, instead it should be like, okay, cool. I'm stoic in the fact that I recognize I have this emotion, but I'm not going to let it control me. And then to not let it control me, I work through some breath work. I work through a meditation, a visualization, whatever it may be to get myself back in that moment so I can benefit my team. That's stoicism. Like if I don't, if I'm getting frustrated and angered and I'm using that as like a way to like, you know, pound the opponent and I take a dumb penalty, but yet, you know, I'm playing with toughness and I'm doing all those other, like that's not helping Mm-hmm. Like it that's the complete opposite direction of someone who's, you know, gets sad, emotional, whatever it may be. Like that's the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, but we're celebrating one and we're villainizing another. it It's not healthy that way. I think like we need to be able to like be healthy and manage what our emotional state is and recognizing like when we need time to power down and take a step back. I never, I never learned how to do that. So like when I got injured after college, like I had no idea how to like, Manage the fact that like I can't work out. I'm literally lying on my couch, with my shoulder hanging off because it's the only thing that feels comfortable. I'm just waiting for the next. Like I just felt like, who am I now? What? How do I create this space for myself? It was just like this. I never learned how to like process and sit with the fact that like, hey, maybe I need to like. It's okay to slow down and like now I just draw a bunch of pictures because that's my way of slowing down, connecting back to like myself and my inner child.
0: Hmm. I didn't even realize that that was an expression form for you, the art and the yeah. job. That's beautiful, man. I think it's what's super interesting and what I've learned personally, especially as like, I take more of this creator identity and role on of things. Like I love to create, whether it be content, whether it be writing, poetry has been big for me, um, but I don't share, I realize too, like, don't have to share everything that I create like poetry is probably one of those things that like I'll probably write a hundred poems and in a year and maybe I'll share one of those publicly but it sounds like for you as well with the art like it's important to have some form of expression that purely is just for you and it's not for anyone else because that can truly be a safe haven a coping mechanism of sorts I also want to talk around more the coping mechanisms that you brought up there with the breath work, the meditation, visualization, and all of that, because I think oftentimes the root around why so many athletes in particular can turn to a substance, can turn to alcohol to try to cope is to your point, you just lost that playing field, that sandbox of sorts that was practice in rugby and games where you had that art form of expression and being able to work through the emotions that are coming up on the other six, seven days a week. Yeah. Where, like what coping mechanisms or what do those look like? How did you discover what really works for you? And where would you maybe recommend someone who is early stages of trying to figure out like, Oh man, this conversation between Zach and Corey right now is sparking a lot in me. I might not know how to handle my emotions, but I don't know a better way forward. Where yeah. do they
1: start? I mean, I think for me, it was just like I—I I drowned my emotions in in conversation and connection that didn't serve me. Like i, I recognize that. I can mm. pin it. I can see it. Like I—I I have the memories. It's like I—I I, I searched for those things, especially to like rugby culture was—it's the social culture. So after games, you get together with your teams and the other teams and social together, you socialize, drink beer, have pizza, whatever it may be. And it was a very casual setting. And again, you're, you're having you know, not really deep conversations with the other team. That's just the nature of it, which is great to do. It's you're having conversations with people who are playing a sport who are from a different area of the country. It's awesome. It's a great connection tool. I've met some really cool people that way, mm. but end of the day, I also need that other component. And so I, I, I used what I learned from rugby socials and I put that into my personal life and I used that as the catalyst forward. And it's just like, it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't the other aspects of my life that were outside of rugby. But recognizing, and like, I think this goes back to, was like the fitness thing, getting back into a gym. But my gym also prior t- prioritizes breath work and like grounding down into the moment before you do a workout like three big, deep breaths before a workout. I've heard the phrase, Oh, take three big, deep breaths, regulate your nervous system, whatever it is. I never knew what it meant until I was 23 or 24. Mm. I could actually recognize the fact that, Oh, I'm taking three big, deep breaths here before this workout, because I'm going to focus on this thing. And like being able to do that, allowed me to have like an understanding in other aspects of my life. Like I did that stuff subconsciously before I played games. I did that stuff like before big tests in school, like I could visualize myself taking that test or I could visualize myself running a play, whatever it may be. It allowed myself to be present and focused in that moment. And I was able to like regulate myself and be like, okay, cool. That, that's what I need. But additionally, I realized that there were times when, like, I get like frustrated or flustered. I was like, like cool. I need to do something for myself." Like, I got really anxious at work yesterday. I'm like, "Cool, I gotta go take a walk. Like, get outside, slow down, disconnect from something." Like, it's the same thing with the breath work. It's it's you're you're taking time just to focus on yourself. Hmm. Because if you if you stay in that emotional state, you're gonna kind of get in that negative thought pattern eventually, and then you just spiral down. And it's so hard to get out of that. I, I just needed to remove myself to like a neutral position so I could then move to a positive position and then go forward with that.
0: Yeah, it, what comes to mind for me there relating it to flow is like that understanding the flow cycle, of struggle, release, yeah. flow, recovery. Um, what you just kind of explained oftentimes is that release phase for a lot of people and it looks different for everyone. Like something like the breath work, three belly breaths might work For you, other people, it might be taking the walk around the block. Oftentimes, though, involves removing some sort of stimulation because it allows you space. And in that space that you can create, then you create that neutrality. And that allows you to then kind of set the intention before you go into the thing that you're hoping to solve, uh, which can be easier said than done. Right. Like we keep relating it back to our experiences within athletics. I think oftentimes we we struggle And then it's just that image always comes to mind of the guy mining, who's like with the pickaxe and he's so close to diamonds and then he turns around. And so everyone and that image, like I say that, and I feel like everyone knows that one, right? Like everyone's seen that meme at some point and they're like, I don't want to be that guy that turns around too early, but sometimes that's exactly what you need is to turn around. And at no point, like, do they say he never goes back. (laughs) <laughs> there is that possibility that yeah. you could still just take a five minute break, relax, re- reset, and then go and find flow. And that's what I hear oftentimes with what you were just describing was that the mental imagery that comes into my head is, yeah, you can be really close to where you want to go. You get really frustrated You've Been working at this problem or this emotion or this thing happened in your life. And you're really triggered right now. And that experience happened last night and i just uh received my security deposit back from the nightmare of a house that i moved into and the landlord decided to like nickel and dime us on like right. all this stuff to the point where like half the security deposit was gone on things like landscaping and we we're like we lived there for a month like we didn't mess up your landscaping to the point of a 500 fee to, yeah. like reset it like but instead of calling him right away and being like, yo, dude, like, what the heck is this? It was really helpful for me to journal. And now I can even talk about it. I wouldn't be able to talk about it this calm. last night when I first looked yeah. at it because I was just so pissed off. I'm like, dude, doesn't he know like money? Like, I need money right now. <laughs> like, why is he holding this from me? Like, he was the bad guy in my eyes. Now it's just like, cool. I've had time to process. We're going to go back and just have a conversation try to get on the same page and that will be way more productive in the long run rather than the initial like i just want to go attack this dude
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i know you know the feeling
1: yeah i yeah it's just like i used to have those like that anger emotion this like get caught up in the moment and just like do something about it it's just like that that never gets you anywhere you go two steps backwards every time you do it it's just like understanding like hey, cool like I think the the biggest thing, like recognize that feeling, name that feeling, catalyze that, like whatever you want to do, like cool, but don't lock it into a cage and let it control you. Like, I think I I did that so many different times in my life. I let this, these thoughts like spiral in my head and then I locked them in and just never let them just like be free and like release them. I never was able to release them. So I was acting on them all the time. I feel like, like just being able to have this conversation, like I'm calmer, I'm, I'm comfortable. Like I know the space, like, cool. I can, I can have this conversation, but like, I feel like, you know, years past, like, I don't think I had that same sense and awareness and groundedness in myself to be able to have that conversation. It, it's, you know, I've moved, I've moved past that. I, I can recognize these things. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm, centered and focused like I know what I need to do to like manage myself like if I know like I have stressful things coming up I'm not going to put myself in positions where I'm going to trigger myself for something just you know I don't need to do that I don't need to deal with that additional emotional baggage that I bring on myself if like I have a conversation with a friend and like maybe the conversation you know gets heated for the lack of a better term I'm not going to react to that in the moment because that's just going to create more problems I'm going to be like hey look I recognize I see what you're going through I'm going to work on the things I'm going to work on and like let's revisit this conversation because this is a friendship that matters to me and I, and I, and I value it so it's just like not acting on that emotion recognizing that you do have that emotion maybe recognizing that you do have the emotion is half the battle yeah. because then it allows you to like be in that space but like understanding that you can't just keep acting on these things. I see it all the time in sports. Like people just like, they get angry. They get frustrated. They take a bad penalty. They take a, they do a dumb thing. It's just like, remove yourself for five seconds. Like you're, you're going to help everybody else on the field. It's a good thing.
0: Yeah. I just watched, um, have you seen hustle by chance? Adam Sandler movie? No, I haven't. Good, good watch. I watched it last weekend. And one of the guy, the main character in there essentially is this, um, unforeseen NBA next superstar like they were calling him the next Giannis type deal and it was just really interesting because you watch this guy's character arc and at the very beginning he was exactly that of like the dude who got super heated and triggered yeah. over the littlest things and like I mean you know it in sports in particular like trash talking is just yep. an art form in and of itself like that's That's not showing up on the stat sheet, but you know that that can have a major impact on the game and the outcome of it. And it was interesting to watch his development of like how he took trash talk in the beginning towards the end and the stuff that was like being said to him, which I I can't even repeat on this podcast because my mom listens and, you know, um, it's some, some pretty dirty stuff, but he, it was able to play through it. And I think to your point, recognizing when it comes to emotions, like we don't have a choice with how certain things make us feel. Often, and, like if something triggers us, that's okay. That's part of our experience. Where the choice does come in is what do we do with that? Like, do we uh, choose to like work through it and play play with it, or do we just try to continue to fight it and like suppress it and be like, no, I'm not feeling that way. I'm not feeling angry. And I don't know about your experience, but mine. Like when I choose to lean into any sort of feeling, it actually passes way sooner in the, in the best way possible. Like it yeah. releases its power over me. Has that been kind of true in your experience as well?
1: I feel like lately, yeah. Like if I, if I fight that emotion, if I fight that feeling, like I just know like if I'm playing the game and I get frustrated and I get, I get angry, like I know now like one of the things I do is like I'll bite my lips. So I just legitimately, or I'll bite my tongue so I don't say anything cuz like once i verbalize that out there like i'm just going to like spiral but if i just sit with it like okay cool whatever next play i'm on i played in a softball game last summer i got called out at first i thought i was safe i was i was really upset and angry i was just like okay cool like i just bit my lip as i walked my way back to the dugout took three deep breaths and i legitimately just forgot about it until like we just had this conversation cuz i just did that like i i like i sat with it like cool whatever i'm frustrated i'll just go play play some defense we'll, we'll be good to go but there were so many other times, like in college, playing men's club level, whatever it may be, like I got like angry, like I'm like legitimately mad and I've been using that anger and like I'm making a dumb play, I'm making a like irrational, illogical, like I'm out of position because I'm trying to make a hit or I'm trying to make a steal or I'm, I'm trying to be cheeky with, no, I'm just like, no, just let it go, let it pass, it's going to be fine and then like get back to having fun and I think that's, that's the thing for me. It's like rugby when I was playing my best was fun. So Mm -hmm. it's like, get back to fun and like good things are going to come.
0: What does fun look like for you now in your life?
1: Oh, doing things that like light me up. Like I get a coach fitness classes six, seven times a week. It's, it's awesome. I get to see people challenge themselves, push limits, like have conversation with them, seeing where they're at. It's like, what can I do to help you get there? Like, be playful with myself, laugh at myself. Like, I'm not the best with words all the time. So if I'm leading people through like a, a yoga sequence or something like that, I'll stumble over 70% of my words and it's like, just own it. Just like, yeah, you know what? We're I lied. We're not actually gonna do that. We're gonna do this other thing instead. Just have fun with it. Let people be comfortable. Um, because I think a lot of like, and this is just a fitness space, sometimes it can be intimidating, but if you can let that guard down, you can be like calm and confident and like joke at yourself, like people are people are going to enjoy that experience they're going to get something out of it but it's like have those connections you know be able to get tacos with people and just laugh and and not feel like there's another agenda at play just be like hey this is my friend i get to sit down and have tacos with them just like this is good like this is good enough for me
0: Mm. i hear like almost this releasing of expectations yeah that wasn't possible given past environments or it was harder in past environments it sounds like for you yeah
1: I think I think it was really hard to release that I think like now me too like if I'm out with like a big group of friends like I have to like I'm very introverted and I love my one-on-one time so like I need to like make it like an effort to like get like two three minutes of one-on-one time with like a friend I care about just to like for me like the rest of the night's Great. If I can just have that two, three minutes where I can just connect with like my person, my friend, and mm. just like have that quick conversation, then I can go back to the big group. I'm just like, cool. I'm just chilling. It is what it is. But like, I feel like there's so many expectations. It's like, you know, like trying to like plan people together, get people together. Oh, I have this one's like, can we just like make time because we want to see each other? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, that's
0: yeah. all we got. And oftentimes I think we lose sight of that. That's one of the, the biggest challenges of as you know, as well, building community is showing people that, you know, your time invested in this is worth it. Yeah. And it might not show up in a monetary way and that's okay. Like drop that expectation and it will actually reward you exponentially tenfold. If you can truly just be open and create that space in your heart. And that's one of the things I really admire in you, man, is your ability to truly go into spaces, open your heart and release that expectation. You're just you're genuinely there for a good time and you're there to connect with people. That was like
1: actually one of the hardest things for me to actually do when we got together in L.A. It was just like that that was like different than the normal spaces I show up in. And I'm comfortable in this normal spaces I show up in, like I can show up as me smiles out, tell my share story, be open, be vulnerable. But like, I was in that space and like, it was like, oh, this is a different vibe. This is a different energy. And it took me like a day to really be like, okay, cool. I can, no, I can still do this. I can still share this way. And I feel like I remember the the mental shift I had on Thursday night to Sunday morning of that weekend. It was like, I showed up in an abnormal space for the lack of a better term for me. And I, I was able to be open, vulnerable, and actually get the connections I wanted out of this trip. Like, um, I still talk with most of the people that were there that weekend, like Amanda and I probably talk most weeks, most days. It's like, have that open conversation and connection and like support each other in that ways. And just like seeing what everyone else in that group is doing and just be like, Hey, I was able to provide connection and value by just being up and being myself. And I think the more spaces I show up in, the more I'm just, like nope this is me you're going to get all of it because i know the impact that i can have i know the impact of my voice my sharing my my openness it's like hey it's what i do and it's just like if someone doesn't vibe with it i know someone else will so i'm just like i found yeah. my person like we're good to go
0: yeah man never lose sight of that spark i think it's yeah. it's something beautiful about you um um Um, I just so appreciate you coming one on this, in this space and sharing your light with those listening in. Um, I really enjoy anytime that you and I get to connect. I want to ask you a quick fast five.
1: Oh boy. Kind
0: of like wrap things up a little bit here um, before we tell people where they can connect with you and learn more about what it is that you're doing in this world. It's the first one. These are all rapid fire. One sentence, one word. First one, what's your go-to podcast right now?
1: Uh, Creating Ripples with Alexander's Honor. Gotta shout out my girl. Yeah, she's, yeah. Most good things for my life in the past two years have come from her. So gotta give that shout out to the pod. Beautiful.
0: Great, great episode or great show as a whole. Yeah. Number two, I see the stack of books behind you.
1: What's your favorite
0: book that you've read in the past year?
1: Past year? Ooh. The
0: past year.
1: We're going to go with Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm. Yeah. Um, good try. That was a solid one. Or um, Good Vibes, Good Life, Dex King. Yeah.
0: Haven't read either. I'm going right. to add a list. Number three, what is your quote that you live by?
1: Quote that I live by um, Loyalty is not something that simply happens.
0: Mm. What does that mean
1: to you? Um, I'm curious. Yeah, so, so fire, but I want you to to the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, loyalty is not something, uh, so I think it's just the people that are loyal to you, the people that are support you, the people that show up for you day in, day out. Um, it's, they're there for a reason. Um, and I think, you know, one of those reasons is you provided something to them that helped them in some way, you know, a selfless act of kindness, you know, a positive word, affirmation, whatever it may be. You provided that little bit of insight that they needed. And they're like, you know what? This is somebody that I can support and I want to support and so on and be by. It's loyalty is not something that simply happens. It's not bought, it's not sold, it's not anything. It's, it's provided in the most random points in time um, through unprovoked act of kindness, good gestures, and just like being genuine, open, and honest with whoever you interact with. That's beautiful, man. I think mean, if you could expand
0: the quote to include what you just said. Um, The
1: full quote is actually loyalty is not something that simply happened. It is always predicated by an independent selfless act, a supportive word, a kindly gesture, an unprovoked act of goodness. Your friends are loyal to you because you become the rarest of all men, a rare, a good man. I love that. Yeah.
0: I love longer quotes. Yeah. They don't don't get as much, you know, Instagram sharing and all that, but they they have meaning. Yeah. Um, What is something you can't live
1: without? Number four. Can't live without? Oh, I mean, it might be my Yeti here. Um, (laughs) It's always on me. It's like always has water. Um, Can't live without though. I can't live without music. Um, I just, I'm always listening to music. Just yeah, it keeps me going. Like any types of music. Yeah, it's a a good time. I'm with
0: you there. Uh, Last one. If you could sum up your focus right now, just one word, what would that be? Light beautiful shining um, light yeah this whole conversation we just got into the the overall theme of your, yeah the past few years here um zach man again i appreciate you sharing your light here on the show and just anytime i connect with you i know it's a powerful conversation yeah. it's only a matter of time that we recorded it put it out into the ether here where can those listening in connect more with you learn more about i mean i want to get up to minnesota and check out some of your fitness classes yeah
1: um so if you're ever in minnesota alchemy365 we got five locations hit me up hit somebody else up we'll get you in a free class it'll be a great time vibes will be had i can guarantee that um additionally vibes with a Y or no, oh, vibes with a y obviously okay, perfect um <laughs> <laughs> uh, additionally um instagram best place to find me at z donahue seven d-o-n-a-h-u-e um all my posts are there, I'm redoing my website. So that'll be up shortly. And then everything there, blogs, connections, things I offer and just creating the space and providing that space for people to fully be themselves holistically and starting, you know, doing what i meant to do.
0: Beautiful, man. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. Remember, flow on friends, I'll talk to you soon.